I'm excited now to look at God's word together, but I have to admit that preparing these sermons is not easy. First of all, it's more difficult to speak looking at a camera, looking at a recorder, than it is to speak and to preach looking at each of you and your faces. But even beyond that, it is difficult to prepare a sermon in which times change so quickly. What I begin to pre uh, preach on on Monday seems out of date come Friday or Saturday. The way we plan on having the service early in the week changes by the end of the week. And so I hope that as we, uh, as we look at God's word, that this is relevant for you today. In fact, I know God's word is always relevant. And so uh, we will look at it with anticipation as we uh, turn to God's word. How long will all of this last? It's difficult to say. Uh, experts say this, that this could last well into the summer. I'm hoping that it's not nearly that long, but we are in a position of simply waiting, waiting to see what will happen next. Now we could sit in our living rooms and uh, just wait until who knows when, or as believers, we could commit ourselves to waiting upon the Lord. You see, there's a difference between simply waiting for waiting's sake and waiting upon the Lord. And this morning, I want to challenge us from God's word to wait upon him. Our text for this morning is Psalm 27. I'm going to start in verse 14, and then I'll go back and we'll look at some other verses. But let me start in verse 14, because it talks about waiting for the Lord. It says, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord. Two times it says, wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. In other words, there's an emphasis here that we are to position ourselves in such a way that we are dependent upon him, that we are looking to him, that we are waiting for him. It says that the way that we will be made strong and be able to take heart is when we wait on the Lord. I'll admit that strikes me with uh, where I'm at because I'm not by nature a very patient person. I'm always anxious to get on to the next thing, and yet this is a time for us to learn to wait on the Lord. In fact, this may be a very appropriate application for our lives, because this is at the heart of the Christian life, to wait on the Lord, to be passive before him. Not that we're not active in seeking to do his will, but we are passive in the sense of, of seeking to uh, wait for his guidance and his leading in our lives. In our society today, we are in the habit of running so fast from one thing to the next that it's difficult for us to wait and be patient. But now all of a sudden we're forced to. We're forced to to not go out of our homes and run uh, from one thing to the next in terms of activities and work and social gatherings, but we're forced to slow down. And that may be a good thing for us spiritually, to wait for the Lord. 
Let me grab a different translation here because I looked this verse up in the message and uh, I like the way that it said it as well. Again, Psalm 27, 14 says, stay with God. Take heart, don't quit. I will say it again, stay with God. How is it that God is calling you to wait during this time? To stay with him? In fact, I'm going to challenge you just even right now, as I did last week, to press pause and to spend a few minutes thinking about that because if we were to simply spend this week and the, and the weeks that follow filling our times with lots of different things or binging on Netflix or reading every article that we can find on coronavirus, then we have missed a golden opportunity to wait on the Lord. And so what is that going to look like for you? It looks different for each of us. And so that's why I encourage you, just press pause, spend two, three, four minutes praying about that and asking God, God, how is it during these weeks that I am going to wait on you? How is it that during these weeks that I am going to stay with God? And if you're as uh, gathered together as a family, you might discuss this as a family. How are we going to use these days in which school has been put on hold and uh, extracurricular activities are not happening and mom and dad may be home from work more than they are normally? How are you as a family going to stay with God in special ways during this time? So take a few minutes to talk about that or to pray about that. And then when you're done, join me uh, here again and I'll pray for us and then we'll jump back into the text again. Let's pray. Father God, as we gather this morning in this way, I pray that you would impress upon us these truths from your word now. God, it is sometimes difficult to wait on you. Sometimes we're anxious even for these things that are happening in our world today to be over, to be able to get back to normal life as quickly as possible. But God, right now, we just pause and we slow ourselves down enough to wait on you and to hear from you and pray that you would speak to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In light of the wording that the message uses, stay with God, I've entitled today's sermon, Staying Power. And I have three points along the lines of staying. The first is this. These are three points of application. The first is this, that we are to stay calm. Stay calm. That uh, doesn't seem to be a very popular thing in our world today. There's a lot of kind of pandemic panic. People running to the store hoarding as much as they can. People reading every article on coronavirus that they can get their hands on and getting all worked up. But as Christians, I challenge us to stay calm. That's part of what it means to wait on the Lord, to stay calm before him. Going back to Psalm 21, let me jump over to the 
first verse now, and it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You see, if we are to stay calm before God, that means that we don't fear. That we recognize that God is in control. To use the words that David uses here is that God is our light and our salvation. That he is the stronghold of our lives. In ancient times, they would build a stronghold. They would fortify a city in such a way that it would be protected from the attacks of the enemy. And we may have a lot of attacks that are coming upon us right now. Not only attacks uh, uh, to our health related to disease and illness in the world, but attacks to our own uh, peace of mind. Attacks that we would begin to doubt the Lord or what, wonder what would happen in our, to our finances or what's going to happen in the future and all of these things. Stay calm. Trust in the Lord. He is our stronghold. He is, the one, he is the one that we can find refuge in that will protect us from the attacks of the enemy. Our enemy we know to be Satan himself, and Satan is described in the Bible as one who sows fear and confusion and anxiety. But our God is a God of peace. That's the way Paul describes him in Philippians chapter 4. He says in the second part of verse 5 through 7, The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so pray to the Lord and ask him to fill your, your heart with peace in a way that transcends the understanding of the world that goes on around us. How can you have peace in, this, in these turbulent times? It is because my God is near. My God is with me. And so we pray and we stay calm. The first point about uh, staying power is to stay calm. And the second one is to stay connected. Stay connected, first of all, to one another, and then secondly, to the Lord. Let me talk about the idea of staying connected to one another, because that is difficult during this time. We're being forced to be creative and be intentional about staying connected to one another. We hear the news of social isolation and how dangerous that is, and I agree. God has designed us and created us in his image, by the way, to be in community with one another. We are created to have relationships. That's why God has gifted us the church, that we have brothers and sisters in the Lord with one another that uh, encourage us and support us spiritually, that challenge us spiritually. And so it is in, during this time that we must be intentional to stay connected to one another. And that's not easy. We might, be, uh, we might look to use technology, as difficult as that is, um, to see one another's face or to hear one another's voice. And so I'm challenging you. 
Use your growth groups. If, if you're not in a growth group, it, uh, as soon as we start back up as a church, you need to join a growth group as soon as possible. That's been a lesson we've learned uh, during this time. Man, these relationships are so important for us to be gathered together and to connect to one another. And then secondly, we need to be connected to the Lord. I see that in this psalm and here in verse 4, it says, David says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. David says, the one thing I want is to be in the house of the Lord all the time. And I can't help but chuckle when I read that verse because maybe right now we feel like we are stuck in our own houses, in our own homes. But what would it be like to be stuck in the house of God? That's what David says he wants. He says, the, the only thing I seek, the one thing I ask from the Lord is that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Now for David, he goes on to talk about the temple, the the house of the Lord was a physical place. And maybe we feel that we have lost something, that we are not able to go to a physical place right now, to the building located on 1100 East Cameron Avenue in West Covina. But uh, you know what? For us, this is a good reminder for us, for us, the house of the Lord is not actually a physical location. It is wherever the presence of the Lord dwells. And the presence of the Lord dwells in the hearts of everyone who has placed their faith in Jesus Christ and loves him and who is indwelt by the Holy Spirit. So Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6.19, Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. And so you know what? This is an opportunity for you to spend time to get stuck, so to speak, in the house of God. And that would be a major blessing. That would be so wonderful that if for this upcoming week and the weeks that follow, that if you were to be able to find time to simply be in the presence of God, maybe more so than you normally are, that would be a blessing. In a sense, this is an opportunity for us to practice Sabbath. Sabbath in the Old Testament times was a day they had set aside just to cease from doing to cease from, uh, from work and to other activities so that they could practice being in the presence of the Lord. And, in, and we're not very good in 2020 of practicing Sabbath because our lives have been way too busy. But now all of a sudden we've been forced to cease. And this could be a wonderful opportunity for us to practice the presence of God. I'm reminded of what Darren wrote in the newsletter that uh, went out this week. I think it, uh, this is Pastor Darren's words, and I think it uh, says it well, and I would encourage us with these. If you're not receiving the 
weekly emailed newsletter, please let us know. If you need that mailed to, uh, to you, let us know that as well, and we would love to be able to provide that for you during this time and ongoing. But let me read uh, what Darren wrote this past week. In this time of uncertainty and of forced inactivity and silence, with the minimization of school, social gatherings, sports, entertainment, commercial activity, and yes, even church, perhaps God is calling us all back to himself. When so many of our regular activities and routines have been stripped down, perhaps he is refocusing us on what is most important, a saving, trusting, growing relationship with Jesus and creating space for us to stop, to draw near to him, and to know that he is God. And that's exactly right. This is what God wants us to do during this time. This is God's call for you. It is a call to stay connected to him or maybe get reconnected to him in new ways. Every summer, Chelsea and I, practice, uh, Chelsea and I have a retreat. We go to a retreat center and we have seven days there. And it is, and that's, and actually it is a wonderful time because we completely disconnect from everything else and we connect to the Lord. There's no TV, there's no internet, there's no uh, busy activities. It is just Chelsea and I and the Lord. And I, I always walk away from there feeling so refreshed because there is something in our souls God has designed us to, to need to rest and to cease and to be with him. And I walk away feeling so energized to, to, for life in general. But oftentimes when, I, when we're driving away from the retreat, we'll have the radio on in the car like we normally do. And I'm almost, uh, I'm almost startled by it. Like, what is this garbage that's on here? You step away from all of that stuff and you're just in the presence of God. And everything else becomes uh, so trivial. I have a feeling that once we are able to gather together again, some of you are going to come back to church and you're going to be different people. You're going to be a different person because you have spent time, extra time with the Lord, praying and reading the scriptures and meditating on God's word, maybe even memorizing God's word, reading good Christian books and just, and just staying connected with the Lord. And everything else is going to take a backseat in a way that it's never happened before. And you're going to be able to be used by God in spectacular ways. And that's going to be a wonderful thing because you've got, you've got connected to the Lord. And so if we take time in these weeks to do this, then everything being shut down will have been worth it. Because we'll have been realigned and find our priorities with God. So three points about uh, staying power. One, stay calm. Two, stay connected. And the third is stay the course. So in other words, to uh, be mindful, to be intentional about staying focused on what is most important. Stay the course. What is the path that God has given you to live with your family, with the things that are most important in your relationship with him? Stay the course. David talks about staying the course here in this passage in verse 13. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
stay the course. I will remain confident in this. I will stay fixed on this. And then that is grounded in the goodness of God. Oftentimes, during really difficult periods of time, it is God's goodness that is most called into question. If God is good, how could he let bad things happen? If God is truly good and loving and all-powerful, why doesn't he stop the coronavirus? And these are difficult questions to answer. There's no easy answers. In fact, it may be impossible for us in our limited, uh, in our limited understanding of what's going on to truly answer that question in the moment. Oftentimes, we're only able to understand God's plan in hindsight. The best example of that may be the most horrific act that has happened in the history of the world, and that was the crucifixion of God's own son, Jesus Christ, on the cross, a, a horrific death. And I doubt anyone that looked upon the bloody and beaten body of Jesus during that moment as he hung on the cross could say, wow, God is so good. But it is only in hindsight that we recognize that that was the most good and loving act that has ever been done. That was the act that won salvation for everyone who looks to Jesus and places their trust in him. That was the most God-glorifying act that could have ever taken place. And I consider the most difficult times in my own life. And in the moment, I was thinking, God, why are you doing this? What is going on? But it is only in hindsight that I look back on those difficult times and I can say, wow, those were terrible times and I would never want to go through them again. But I am glad that I went through them because those have been the times that God has transformed my own heart the most that God has changed me, that God has taught me to trust in him, that God has weeded out things like selfishness or pride or self-dependence. God has used those difficult times to transform my own character. And I know that I am yet a work in progress, as all of us are, but we can, uh, but we can know for sure that what we are going through will be used somehow for our good and for God's glory. You see, that is in line with the character of God, that God is good. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. This is an opportunity for us to find our identity in Christ, to be weaned off of seeing ourselves according to what we can accomplish or according to the gifts that we have or according to the work that we do or the relationships that we have or our family that, is, that we live with. It is an opportunity for us to find our identity in Christ and to know that we are a child of his and that he is good, and that he loves us. God is going to use this time to change us. I think this is one of those seminal moments in history that 
God could use to change us individually, to change our kids, even to change our culture and society. That's my prayer, that God would use this time to awaken people's hearts in this, in this country, to turn to him, to see that everything else is trivial, that we should put everything else on the back burner and focus on him. So many people are finding their identities in things that now have stopped. And now we are called to find our identities in Christ. That's my hope and prayer. My hope and prayer is that God would change us individually, that God would change our country, and that God would change us as a church that God out of his goodness would be transforming us. And I don't know exactly what that means, but I know that in some ways, if we are faithful to him, when we gather together again, we will be more focused on what the Lord wants us to do. That we will be more laser focused on spreading the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And advancing his kingdom. When will things get back to normal? I don't think they're really ever going to get completely back to normal. God is changing us, and that's a good thing. And so may this be a time of us waiting on the Lord, staying with God, looking to God, and praying with all sincerity. God, come and uh, may your will be done in our uh, world and in our church and in our lives and family. And as we do, we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Let's pray and then I want to send it back to JR for one closing song and then I'll, uh, I'll say goodbye to us in a moment. Father God, we again come before you and we ask for your will to be done. We thank you that you, uh, you love us. We thank you that you are good and we trust in you. Help us to stay calm, help us to stay connected, and help us to stay the course during this difficult time that you might be glorified and that we might be changed. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.